0: You got the show, the show, show, show. show.
1: Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me—that's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN.
2: Everyone is so mean to me. I
1: am Jim
0: Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge.
2: There is not a lot of things more satisfying than watching a bush. We're solely developing and finding our identity. Really young squad, a lot of playmakers, kind of looking at like Miami, kind of their offense. I feel like our offense
3: can and will have shades of that going forward.
1: Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge.
3: Sadler chimes in. Love is the worst quarterback ever
1: in the NFL. <laughs>
3: Love is overreaction still... Monday! Love is still playing as he is the quarterback in middle school in Utah. Love stinks more than me because I'm wearing Iron Jock. Nailed it! Sadler. Uh, Love stinks is Sadler's. Take 844-770-3776. It is an overreaction Monday. Am I overreacting by saying that Jordan Love is... Actually, I'm going to give you my overreaction statement. The Packers arguably have the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. And that includes... Here's the thing. Before everyone freaks out, you can call in with your overreaction. 844 <laughs> 3776 Quarterback situation to me includes GM, head coach, OC, quarterback. And like that
2: the whole tr- yeah the yeah, whole triangle okay.
3: there cuz let's look around we did this before we asked our first Iron Jack Poll question do the packers have is Jordan Love the worst quarterback in the NFC North now 55% of you said no but look we're doing this poll in Wisconsin everyone's just going to go to Jordan Justin Fields cuz it ain't it, it, Kirk Cousins is definitely better right and same with Goff. Jared Goff and look same with Justin Fields but whatever i that's all facts we knew this was happening yes so let's just look in the north. So let's look at the Lions. Jared Goff is playing well, and he's not old. And you could continue to win with Jared Goff. He is 29 years old. He yeah. is essentially the same type of quarterback that got the Rams to the Super Bowl. So Jared Goff has gotten his team to the Super Bowl. He is, Jared Goff is what Jordan Love aspires to be. If you're a Packer fan... You hope to God that somehow Jordan Love turns into Jared Goff. But uh so he's got a his ceiling is capped, but he's got a high floor, and you give him good players, good quick decision maker, get the ball of his hands, and get on a hot streak for right. a bit. Kirk Cousins, look, that's not a conversation. Jordan Love. I mean, Kirk Cousins is in the hall of very good. Like, I mean, is he is one of the greatest of slightly above average players of all time. Yeah. Like I mean like he's Alex totally. Smith 2.0. Like he he's good. Like I'm sorry, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Right, but he's a good football player. And here's the thing, we talk about quarterback situations. His contract is up. And so you can make a case that maybe the Vikings are in a worse situation because his contract is up, which means they get to walk away from his dollars. Oh, by the way, 14 touchdowns, four interceptions, 1700 yards passing, 67 completion percentage. So, maybe they just keep him. But in theory, they could walk away from his dollars. Right. And then they they don't have anything lined up. But (laughs) (laughs) um, at the same time, and their coach is TBD. Uh, O'Connell is TBD, I think, as a head coach. And now you look at Chicago. Well, they're likely going to have two. Look, it's very. We can 100% say the Bears are going to have two top 10 picks in this draft, if not higher. Plus, they would be able to get. I think more than Packer fans want to admit for Justin Fields, if Justin Fields comes back and plays the way he was playing before, like you would be able to get something for him, and more, like something in the top three rounds, probably third or second round pick, and so now they have draft capital and money to play with. Plus, they're going to fire their head coach, and which means they fire their OC, so they get the benefit of cleaning the slate. Green Bay, I could buy being better than Minnesota, but they are definitely in a worse scenario than. Detroit and Chicago, as far as their QB situation, yeah, probably. I agree. And with that. if the Vikings keep Cousins, they're in a worse off than the Vikings are because Cousins thirty five. It's not like right. He's, I,
2: know, I mean, I'm honestly looking more around the league at. I feel like the NFC North, unless the Vikings move on from Cousins, which they're not. Doesn't really they're not trending towards a record to get a world beater at quarterback. Right if they, uh, in yeah. the draft, we all know how rookie quarterbacks typically go. In in the rookie year, it's not great. So like, I don't love their situation. But let's look around the league at some of the other spots. Let's look at the Jets. Well, I
3: mean, who knows? Nobody knows. Aaron Rodgers wants to come back, which would mean they are in a better situation. It'll be the off
2: season, and then. You know, the media will forget about Rodgers for a little bit, and then he's going to be, oh, I don't know. It's just been so eye opening living my life and not having to worry about football for an offseason. And then with my Achilles being torn, I've been able to really focus on the things that matter, like ayahuasca and crystals and dolphins screwing around. Like, Aaron a- Rodgers is going to find his. I don't want to go with the Jets. Is it heavy ones- padding between dolphins? Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but what I do know is that. You, you can look at a team like the Cardinals where you have a stopgap quarterback right now. You have a guy that you used a first-round pick that doesn't want to be there and is absolutely babying an injury back, which is probably a good thing if you want to have trade value for I think are kind him. of complicit in that. I think they're fine with all this. Oh, totally, because I think they're in a rough quarterback situation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they can, they're going to be able to get something for Kyler, and they're going to have a high pick. Right. And then the other ones where I'm like, maybe is I look at Seattle now. Gino's doing great. Yep. But Gino's on like basically a year to year contract. You've got the oldest coach in the NFL, I believe, and Pete Carroll. Yep. So you're not super solid there at coaching. And you look at the pieces in Seattle, and I'm look, I'm thinking like they're fine. They're pretty good wide receivers. Give them that. But outside of wide receiver, you got running backs that always seem banged up. The offensive line doesn't look great. Thank goodness Gino can move. The defense looks pretty mediocre, pedestrian, pretty right in the middle of the league. So like I don't I don't know if the Packers basically long story short, I know I don't know if the Packers is the worst, but our situation at quarterback is absolutely a bottom 7 or 8. It's not good. Bottom 5, you could convince me on 5. I think it's bottom 5. Yeah. I could be convinced on that. Primetime? Where do I rank them? Well, I'm just in the curious, five? what did you think about some of those
4: teams that I rattled off? Do you think the Packers are in better situations than them? Um, I mean, look at the Rams. The Rams have a guy who's... Rams I feel better about because they have a guy who could lead them to the playoffs this year and win playoff games. I mean, the Seahawks you feel better about because even if they have Geno Smith and they're not sure about him, like He's they can pivot off of him fairly quickly. Yep. And then the Jets, it's too hard to tell, right? Like, the Jets with... Or Aaron Rodgers, like you said, it's way too up in the air. It's... It's hard for me not to agree with Jim on this one right. just considering where they're at right now and yeah. until, unless they get a significantly better roster around Jordan Love where they can make him look like Jared Goff then I would feel better but until that happens and that feels like it could be 2 to 3 years away I I don't feel like it's in the timeline for them which makes their quarterback situation so difficult.
3: And here's the other part of it and this I said arguably so my whole take was that we could you could argue the point with a straight face. Right. You also have this other problem of then what's with LaFleur and then Goody and what's their timeline. So if LaFleur gets fired, then Goody hires a co- uh, new coach, but then that team is bad and then Goody gets – like now this is why the quarterback is so important because you could be playing musical chairs with your quarterback, head coach, and GM not on the same timelines and not a part of each other. You're not that far away from it. Like that's what the Packers are teetering we're, on. We're in it. <laughs> we're in but, it. But, I mean, they're, they're teetering on it being awful. And if they lose to the Vikings, not, I mean, which seems like, I mean, is the line out yet? Probably not uh, for the next week's game. Yeah, I think it is. I'll go find it. They they can't be favored by much. I'll tell you that. Well, well, not favored. They gotta be favored. And uh, uh, Corey chimes in that um, Jordan Love is the next coming to Mitch Trubisky in the NFC North. Right now. Jordan Love wishes he could do what Mitch Trubisky did. Mitch Trubisky won did the division.
2: six-touchdown game? Won the division. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of, uh, what do you call them, pelts on the wall that Trubisky's yeah. got that it would be pretty nice if Jordan Love could get.
3: I am the fittest, healthiest, and lightest I've been in years thanks to the team at Carbon World Health. I've been meeting with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and been working out there, and I've seen my fitness and strength increase steadily. Now I'm seeing weight loss like I never expected thanks to semi-glutide. I'm dropping fat, not muscle, with this game-changing FDA-approved weight loss treatment. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to learn more. This is Rutledge and Hamilton.
4: Packers, minus two and a half next week in Minnesota. Or at Lambeau. I was going to say, I'm
3: going to that game. I didn't think
1: I was going to Minnesota. (laughs) Uh, Presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts. Free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Matt Hamilton with an homage to Primetime Warshyme. Your hoodie from Iron Jock. You smell good. look good. Yep. And uh, why don't you tell us about our good friends at Iron Jock, and then we'll tell everyone why you're wearing it backwards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Iron Jock is the best... Uh, apparel that Wisconsin has to offer forwards or backwards (laughs) it's got that silver ion technology that's guaranteed to last as long as you own the garment it's not sprayed onto this stuff that's good for 20 30 washes it is literally woven into each and every fiber uh, giving you that odor fighting protection that you deserve feel fresh smell clean all day Iron Jock guarantees it. They're made here in uh, Wisconsin. You can't beat local products. You can go to ironjock.com. There's always deals going on. Find out what's best for you. I love this hoodie, and I love the socks. You can check out the same things at Iron Jock. That's J-O-C, ironjock.com. Iron Jock, it's what's inside that matters.
3: So Matt Hamilton is wearing his Iron Jock hoodie backwards, which is a choice because you could just pull the hoodie up over your face now <laughs> because Primetime shine Lorsheim- <laughs> has a button-down shirt that is misbuttoned, so one side is longer than the other. Yep. It has been pointed out to him, and he he's has not changed it. it. He's owning it. Well, he told me that it still serves the function, so
2: I threw the sweatshirt on backwards to also show that it still serves the function. It doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to do it. Right. <laughs>
0: they are who we thought they were. Like, when we st-
2: let you know, Ryan – it's it's not like a pride thing at that point. You don't need to leave it done that way. It's like, well, I meant to do it like this. Like the you standard- can just go ahead and adjust the buttons so it's squared out be like, oh, I made a mistake. What
1: about <laughs> me? What makes you think that I care about your opinion of me?
4: <laughs> throw- Why would I take clothing suggestions from Matt Hamilton of all people? First of all, the guy who dresses like he's younger than me, like a younger than a toddler, actually, comes in wearing Cooler. fanny packs oh, yeah. and baseball caps. I mean, you look like a middle schooler every day why and you accuse me of being a middle schooler I might look like one but I, I have clearly advanced placement
2: when it comes to buttons and zippers because advanced placement? They, yeah you, because you that you button at a freshman level I am buttoning at a high school level if I dress like a middle schooler right. Ryan where
4: you are living up to I've the never height. seen you wear buttons in your in any time in this office
1: the oh, I, didn't uh, I just uh, wear them
4: the other day. Didn't I wear that corduroy button-up shirt
2: just like the last time I worked, like a week ago? Corduroy is <laughs> yeah, de- exactly,
3: yeah. definitely toddler clothes. But I love corduroy, but like toddlers wear a lot of corduroy. And that's so, fine, but yeah. those
2: buttons were squared yeah, up they were. perfectly.
3: Robin Madison says he thought you were wearing a women's low-cut V-neck. Matt's white, but not that white. Like He's not showing that kind of cleavage. Hey, no. He's just pure white. Uh, Robin, uh, <laughs> then we have... Brett O'Claire Claire says um, he's going to be at the game on Sunday. Would, wants to have a cruise Light with me. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Primetime will help... Uh, Set up a situation we can meet. I don't know if you're on Twitter, Brett. Set up a date, Ryan. Set up a date for Jim. You want me to set up in a meeting for you with another person? <laughs> you you another person? control the talking text line. That's all.
2: Yeah, he wants a free Coors Light out the gig.
3: Yeah, make that's it happen. A- okay. Just see if he's got a Twitter or something like that. Otherwise, okay. I'll I'll figure out how to get to meet up with them. Just give me a way to contact him. I'll handle from there. That's all right. All, all right. All right. Eight four four seven seven zero right, 844-770-3776. Produce things. Let's throw some stuff. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> produce your social life. Sorry. Yes.
1: The guys think they have the answers to everything.
3: I'm the best there is. People
1: like me. So it's time to put them to the test.
3: That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's
2: just like uh, your opinion, man. Don't, don't,
1: don't this don't is Throwing yes. Stones, presented by Metro don't, Kia of Madison, don't, don't Madison's don't trusted Kia don't, dealership. Don't,
4: don't, don't yeah, guys, time to throw some stones. And we all know six and stones may break our bones, but words... Boy, do they and confuse buttons. me. And buttons and <laughs> betting lines sometimes. Obviously, I got confused by the betting line between the Packers and the Vikings next week. But the Vikings line for tonight's game, the Vikings playing on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco 49ers in Minnesota. Vikings, seven-point home underdogs. Guys, do you think we'll get a game that's worth watching tonight? Or is it going to be a snooze fest? The 49ers run over the Vikings? Matt, I want to start with you. You know,
2: I think at the end of the day, you still got to look at Brock Purdy as a guy. This is his, this is his like essentially his second season, yeah. first and a half season. He's going to make mistakes. This He did last week. Obviously, they struggled a little bit. He has a lot of playmakers that are out. I don't think it'll necessarily be a good game to watch because I think you'll see an uglier version of these 49ers versus a pretty ugly Minnesota team, but I think it will be – Fairly competitive for most of the game.
4: Okay, Jim. Yeah, I
3: think it will be as well. I mean, Minnesota lost twenty to seventeen to Tampa, then thirty-four to twenty-eight at Philly. So it's two tight games. One, Philly's playoff-caliber team. Los Angeles, uh, they lost twenty-eight to twenty-four. It was late. They beat Carolina. They lost by seven to Kansas City, and then they beat the Bears. So. Like I think the Vikings are better than their record indicates. I think they're a 500 team.
4: It's the exact opposite of what they were yeah, last year. year they, 100%, yeah, yeah, last
3: year they called all the breaks. This year they've caught none so far. So could they keep a close catch a break tonight? Absolutely. And if they do, then Green Bay's unnoticed not because now you got a team in Minnesota that could be fighting to get back to 500 and get back in the playoff hunt.
4: I mean, I, I mean, honestly, at this point for the Packers, like we said, does playoff hunt matter at all? No, I mean, but I'm just saying that, like, Minnesota could to be, some like... some of the
2: people that aren't playing football,
4: I think it would matter a lot. Oh, so some of those uh, early season betters. Is that what you Well, you're no, I'm
2: saying some of those uh, guys like Goody, some of those guys okay. that are standing on the sideline that don't play football but maybe coach football, okay. I think they're pretty concerned whether they make the playoffs or not.
4: Interesting. got to keep an eye out for how your opponents do, your rivals do. And speaking of which... The uh, Badgers improved to 5-2 and two on the season, as you guys know. So, he's updated uh, bowl projections from around the uh, college football world. And Brett McMurphy, uh, a common bowl projector, I should say, um, actually projects that the Badgers will be facing a, you know, a familiar opponent, shall we say, in the Music City Bowl. He projects Wisconsin will take on the Florida Gators in the Music City Bowl in Tennessee. So, I would ask you guys... Would ending the season playing against Graham Mertz be the perfect full circle moment for this Badgers team and for Luke Fickle? Jim, start with you. Um, No,
3: because like, Graham was leaving regardless. Yes. So it's not like Fickle and all them kicked them out. So I think the full circle um, would probably be playing maybe uh, Washington State. I'm just trying to think of like something okay. that – Like could get another chance for revenge. I get what you're saying. This is a good story. Cincinnati. Oh my god. That's got it. Cincinnati. Oh my god. That's the full circle.
2: Right. I mean, there's there's revenge games, but it does not beat where your coach used to coach. Like, yeah, Graham Mertz. But like, most of us at that point wanted him gone. Like, there's no there was no ill will about how he performed down in Florida. Like the fact that he's back and. for him, that would be the biggest full circle moment, but not
4: for the Badgers. Only problem with that that idea, Matt, is that Cincinnati Bearcats not good. Currently, two and five. Yeah, ain't o making and, a bowl. Yeah, zero and four in their own conference. I don't think they're going to be bowl. Yeah, not not a bowl worthy team this season for sure. Um, so that'll be tough. But you know what else was tough? Names. Now I talked about being confused by words. Matt Hamilton got confused last week. What was it? Mike McDaniel. Is, is that a, what it was? Mike McDaniels. Mike, Mike McDaniels, McDaniels real is real person. Mike McDaniel what I was saying. Mike McDaniel, Mike McDaniel is the real person. Yes. Correct. Yes. Well, I was saying it with an S. Some people on Twitter were confused by that as well today because there were a lot of complaints in last night's Sunday Night Football game. The Eagles beating the Dolphins 31-17. A lot of Dolphins fans felt like there's some calls that went the Eagles' way that didn't quite go the Dolphins' way. So one parody Mike McDaniel account... Actually created an entire thread of all the quote unquote plays or all the breaks that the Eagles got in this game. And there have been a number of blue check marks from around the sports world who have been caught by this one. Sam Decker was one of them, Doug Gottlieb of FS1. If you guys are familiar with Doug. Are you one gonna of tell the- me
3: someone that impresses me by getting caught by I mean? You tell <laughs> well, me. That's Sorry. my
4: point. So not the smartest sports personalities out there, but I ask you guys. Is it tough nowadays on Twitter with all the blue check marks just flying around? Like, is it too easy to get caught by this stuff, or can you really use your common sense? And is it a lot easier than this? Matt, I'll start with you. I think common sense goes a long way when reading Twitter nowadays,
2: more so than it ever has. But that said, like, you're too quick to answer. If there's something really brash or a hot take or something crazy bold that you don't think a coach would actually make, if you if it's that hot and you feel like you need to respond that fast, you should that's your first red flag. That's when you should take a beat and wonder is this real or not? Because coaches regardless of whether they're like Matt LaFleur and only do coach speak or if they're like Mike McDaniel and he gets a little bit more Like fun with the media, they ain't saying anything super bold or super brash. They're maybe having fun, but they're still coaches who are not trying to stir the pot too much. If something seems like it's stirring the pot,
3: I would definitely be wary of it. And if I I guess I don't know what Sam and uh, Doug Doug. Obley, but like, were they, try, like, were they trying like
4: they're trying to got, get uh, McDaniel? Gottlieb's now deleted tweet was saying that this was absolutely despicable. I Can't believe a sitting head coach would ever do this. Okay, that so was, like it, that's my yes. point of like
3: he was looking for something to get after McDaniel. So a lot, and then these parody accounts give you what you're looking for. Yes, and it's across all aisles here and everything. But like it is, it clearly says. Now I would like to point out that the photo. Is Mike McDaniel wearing an outfit that looks like he's dressed up as Tony Montagna for, but from But don't Scarface. you believe
4: Mike McDaniel would actually have that as his Twitter profile? And then here's the other part. Of, no. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe.
3: But then here's the other part of it. It looks Photoshopped. I don't think it's actually him. And then the other part is, it literally says, parody. And <laughs> then it says, follow for NFL news, insights, memes. So it literally took one-tenth of a second of clicking. I saw the tweet. And I wasn't like, oh my, I was so mad. I just saw one. I'm like, does he really have a Twitter? I should follow it. And then I looked. I'm like, well, that's not Mike Daniel. It literally says immediately, this is a parody, and it's just a general NFL account. So you're stupid. You get caught. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's
3: (laughs) pretty foolish. Literally, just take a second. Yeah, like That's why I think, I honestly feel like if you were retweeting and trying to get him.
2: Look for red flags. I actually told you how to find one. One really big red flag is if in the bio (laughs) of the account, it says, That's a massive red flag that you might want to think. This is not the person I think it is. Like, they
3: literally got so excited to get him, and then they got themselves.
4: (laughs) Well, Matt Hamilton should be excited because he got today's throwing stones. Let's go! go! First day back, not surprised. The Cincinnati pick doesn't really bear out given their record, but the idea of the Badgers playing Cincinnati in a bowl game to end Luke Pickle's first season Did you say bear out? Was that pun intended? That was not, but thank you for the credit. I'll take it. Um, either way, Matt, I love the pick. All right. Jason Wilde
3: coming up next is Rutledge Hamilton.
1: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Three time Wisconsin Sports Raider of the Year, Jason Wilby. I'm not going to go for i Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton.
0: I don't know if I will go as far as you will.
1: With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Presented by Coors Light. <laughs>
3: It feels surreal that we have Jason Wilde joining us right now as we're trying to figure out we talked earlier about Twitter and what's real and what's not. Giannis, his own Twitter, just tweeted out a while a couple minutes ago. Milwaukee, let's get it. Hashtag Bucks in 6 hashtag extended. And so now I'm having Ryan saying, What the hell does that mean? Uh well Adrian Wojnarowski I can tell can, you what it means. Alright. Yeah, do got? there you go. Alright, well share it, Jason.
0: Well, I was gonna let uh, Wooly do it, but uh Bob uh, Giannis has agreed to a three-year, $186 million contract extension. Sources tell ESPN. Okay, there
3: well, there you go. Do you guys well,
0: want me to call back later? Or? No,
3: no. We'll, uh, you know, <laughs> people like the Packers, at least Our for Bucks now outsider.
2: Still. Jason Willie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
3: Uh, you got the Badger, ins- you know, Badger Outsider We got our Bucks Outsider But that's breaking news brought to you by Metro Kia of Madison Madison's trusted Kia dealership We're bringing you trusted Kia New- Or trusted breaking news here uh, <laughs> uh, Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Cruz Light He's Hamilton, I am Rutledge Joined by Jason Wilde And Jason um, I said kind of jokingly Before the Denver game And it could be changing the depth chart or whatever But I'm like if you lose to Denver I feel like you just gotta fire someone Because like, it's just ugly now and it is ugly. They're not going to fire anyone, but what's the like, what's your read on this team because it just keeps on getting worse on offense week by week as they play worse defenses, so I'm, I'm very confused by what's going on.
0: Yeah, and, and despite their ineptitude for the third time this season, uh, they had the ball in their hand with a chance to go win the game, and they failed, right? Yep. Like, you know, I, and and uh, this is not meant as a shot at the Bears fan on the panel, uh, because they're they're maybe they're starting to get their acts together a little bit. But the the reality is is that really really truly bad teams uh, don't even play close games. Now uh, there are certainly some uh, not so good teams that also find a way to lose close game after close game. And look, the Packers certainly fit that category right now. Um, I just you know. Again, and and unfortunately for you, Jim, you have far more experience as a Bears fan than Packers fans have. But it just feels like they just don't have any real uh, experience with this. And so they really are struggling with how to kind of put this stuff in perspective and the level of frustration that they're experiencing. And so I I don't think that it's quite as bad as it feels. But I understand why it feels so bad because it's so foreign to a lot of fans. Like, yeah, Jordan Love has not played well lately. Totally deserves criticism. Matt LaFleur has not figured out a way to get him going offensively in the first half more than they have. Totally deserves criticism. Um, but I'm not sure that the sky is falling quite to the degree that it feels like. But, hey, 63-6 to 6 in your last four first halves, that's bad. There is no explaining that away, and you better figure it out because those are the kind of numbers that do get people fired.
3: And Jason, you know, to that, just kind of following up as you, you know, brought up and, and rightfully so, like you know, Chicago this year, you know, has had some blowout losses, but like it, I just, it could run away from the team. So Chicago was one in seven in one score games last year, which means they played eight of those games. Uh, yeah, they, and right. and like they were young, and for a while. Fields was putting up thirty points a game, I think, for like a five game stretch. They had the number one offense in the NFL. The defense was just horrendous. So it doesn't really. Matter. Like at some point, I just worry it's it's all gonna like. Jordan Love looks like he doesn't have confidence. The floor figures like he can't figure it out. Nobody looks like they're supposed to be as good as they look. They look and like now they kind of get tougher. They got Minnesota. Like that Denver game, I guess just. It really could send things in a bad in a bad way. Just like, look, it all matters if you win, win or lose. If the Badgers lost to Illinois, we all feel worse here. But now everyone's like, "Hey, the Badgers are on the right on the right track," uh, and they barely won, and the Packers barely lost, and everyone's like, ah, "This is really bad."
0: Yeah, and that's the reality of football, right? I mean, yeah. whether it's college football or the NFL, usually it's three to four plays that decide your fate more often than not. Not not always in a one score game, but. You mentioned one and seven and one score games for the Bears last year. That's what the Packers were in two thousand and eight when Aaron Rodgers took over as the starting quarterback, too. Like, you know, and now you look at the Vikings, and I don't know what's going to happen with them tonight. But I mean, you're talking about a team that went eleven and zero in one score games. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. You you, you hope to be slightly better than five hundred in those games, right? And to go eleven and zero, that's how you end up thirteen and four and rebuilding. Yeah. This is what they appear to be doing. So,
1: frustration
0: uh, and the anxiety. Uh, I do think that some of it, you know, stems from just not fully understanding what it's like to live the life that so many other fan bases live. And if you if you go back and look, you don't have to just listen to me, but go back and look at some of the things Matt Lafleur and Brian Gutekunst said before the season, like. You have to understand that when they're talking they're talking in code and they're trying to warn you that we are not a Super Bowl team and we're probably not a playoff team and there's going to be some really major frustrations during the course of the season and you guys are going to get fed up with us but they can't say all those things they they have to kind of hint at them and imply them and if you were listening closely you're not necessarily surprised by the disappointments that the Packers have brought upon you as a fan and if you weren't listening, they probably come as a bit of a surprise to you, and you're really ticked off. I mean, it's either tick them Which off. Which one are you, Matt Hamilton?
2: <laughs> well, for me, it's one of those like, are you going to tick me off in the preseason by saying this team is not going to be good enough to be get it done? Or am I going to be ticked off in the regular season because I wasn't able to pick up on your code and read your mind? <laughs> it's like, I'm not married to you, Matt LaFleur and Goody. I'm not. I already have one person's mind I need to read, I can't read anymore.
0: Um, yeah, that's Jim Rutledge's.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's totally Jim Rutledges. Um, my question is, and it kind of perfectly falls into place here, is if you as as someone if you were looking at it from a fan's perspective, because as a, a you know, a guy who's writing for it, you're not a fan, but you do hear the murmurs from fans because you're writing for us Packer fans, right? So No doubt. Where if you were writing an article that was titled this is where the blame lies. Like, right now, what do you think is the biggest issue on this Packers team? Is it the defense? Is it Joe Barry? Is it Goody? Is it LaFleur? Is it Love? Like, what? where does the blame lie in Jason
0: Willie's article that you haven't written? Well, well of <laughs> course, uh, because it's me writing it, I would cite all the different places that it lies, right? And and it is right, in yeah. a myriad of places, right? Like, for instance talk about the defense there's no denying that against two not very good offenses the last two games the defense has played well enough to win 19 points and 17 points LaFleur always says you hold a team to 20 points or less we should win that game and he's right they should mm-hmm. uh that said they're also tied for last in the NFL with the fewest takeaways with five Like, one of the things that a good defense does, frankly, one of the things that the defense last year did down the stretch that allowed them to, I think, look better than I believe they actually were last year and allowed Joe Barry to keep his job was that they took the ball away better late in the season, and that got them back kind of going in a positive direction after they lost five in a row and, like, six of seven. Um, So the, the defense, there is still fault there. Uh, certainly in some of the earlier games when they got gashed for 200-plus rushing yards, they definitely were involved. Uh, definitely Jordan Love. Like he, he's, We all understand what he's going through growing pains-wise, but there are still plays that are kind of rudimentary throws that an NFL starting quarterback, no matter their experience, should make, and he's failing to make them. Uh, I think of that throw across the middle <clears throat> before the interception at the end of the game where Christian Watson gets semi-injured because it turns out he said today's okay. Um, But that's a throw you got to make, and he doesn't. It's a poor throw. Um, I would say Matt LaFleur not having figured out exactly what he needs to design offensively and what he needs to call offensively to put uh, young players who don't have a wealth of experience in positions to succeed, I think he's at fault. Uh, I think blame anyone for this but i do think their health situation has factored in as well i still think that strength a and conditioning Aaron Jones, right and but but again i'm not sure if that's true, <laughs> know, right i'm just, like, I'm just
2: trying I, to blame I, I, someone jason
0: <laughs> right but but like you know there are things that players can do right there's no doubt like if you're going out and having too many uh sodas and you are dehydrated the next day. You go to practice. I know for a fact that there have been guys during my time covering the team that hit it pretty hard on Friday night and uh, or on Thursday night, and on Friday they showed up at practice, well hungover, uh, didn't drink enough water to make up for their dehydration, and then they pulled their hammy. Like that's the kind of stuff that if you're a professional, you have to avoid. Now I'm not saying that's happened this year, but I, I do think that. Injuries are more luck than they are science. And yeah. so they've obviously had some bad luck there. So you put that all together, and that's how you end up where they are at two and four.
2: Are they using crystals to heal those <laughs> hamstrings and stuff? Are they listening to dolphin noises?
0: Uh, I've heard that, I, you know, there are some pretty, uh, there's guys that do a lot of research from what they say about a lot of things. And uh, <clears throat> I, I've heard that that can be helpful.
3: I love self research. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out exactly what it is I want to find out, yeah. and I will find it. <laughs> Research. Uh, so, Jason, I mean, when you hear LaFleur and Barry and Goody, and they've never really been through this, so what get, what should Packer fans take out as confidence that they are going to write this ship? Because last year, as much as we just picked on Aaron Rodgers, to be honest, it was probably Rodgers more than anyone else that lifted that rudderless ship that was going in a really bad direction and he seemed to be the one that got it done enough to eke out those victories and look he's got the pelts on the wall and i think the players bought in and they just kind of followed his confidence and got it done but they don't have that now they don't have any veterans really so like where does it come from
0: it's got to come from improvement and lord knows that all these young guys have uh incredible distance that they can improve right Mm -hmm. like uh, if if we're looking at like I, I really like Dontavian Wicks uh, I think he's shown stuff when he's had opportunities I think he's a guy that probably needs to play some more right I think he probably has earned more opportunities but Romeo Dobbs has to do more uh, he's in his second year he should be he should be getting himself open more frequently and I'm, he's not getting the ball and I don't think it's just because Jordan Love is I mean Jordan Love during training camp that was his go-to guy more than Luke Musgrave more than Christian Watson. Christian Watson has to stay on the field first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And then he has to make, you know, there was that throw against Las Vegas, that deep ball, that he's got to catch that. You know, it's those types of plays. Near misses don't count for anything, but they sure stick in your memory when you're struggling and you have those opportunities to make plays and you fail to do so. Um, You know, Luke Musgrave, God bless him. I mean, I don't. I still don't know how he managed to survive that Kareem Jackson hit without getting a concussion. Then he goes out and he injures his ankle later in the game. I mean, you know, some of that is bad luck, but I, I really do. I do see this, and Tasha was giving me a hard time about this, but there are glimpses. Like the play that that Musgrave gets hit on. Uh, you know, that's an 18-yard gain. I thought he ran that route really well and got a really good ball thrown to him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, there's a third down play that I keep citing, on which uh, they hit Jaden Reed for a big com- for a third and seven completion, and it happens because it comes out of play where Jordan Love is in rhythm. He uh, steps into his throw, he gets to that back foot, and on time makes the throw. They don't do that enough. They have to start doing that more. That means guys getting open on time. That means love throwing the ball on time. If they can do that and they can get Aaron Jones more involved and a healthy Aaron Jones, I think there's still more than ample reason to think that they can be, you know, a, a 500-ish team. Otherwise, my six-win uh, six guess might prove to be too high.
3: And, uh, Jason, we'll, we'll end this on, on good note here. Uh, you're, you mean, know, you like the Bucks. I think it's fair to like Giannis extending or just from a reporter's aspect like that's a big deal. I mean that's a, that's a star. five more titles for the the Bucks. But Let's it's a go. it's an NBA star committing to a medium-sized market for even longer. It says he believes in this ownership, believes in Dame, believes in all this. It is a big move. Uh yep. and it, it is remarkable every time it happens when Giannis resigns. Yeah, and he could
0: have waited too, yes. right? Like he, he could have he could have waited, and he didn't. So I think that also adds to why it's such
3: a good thing. All right, Jason. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for uh, sharing the Bucks news with us. All right, boys. Take care. Be good. <laughs> All right. That's Jason Wildey. Our Bucks outsider. Our Bucks outsider. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton. We'll talk Wildey on us on the other side.
1: You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. He puts pen to paper. If you are reading the tea leaves, it will be either a contract in Milwaukee or will it be elsewhere?
2: If I had to predict, I would say probably elsewhere.
1: You blew it!
3: Blow hard! Windy! No, Windy's great. Uh, Wind Horse is fantastic, but he was wrong there, happily. We are all very happy that he is wrong. Because. I'm just Giannis! what has signed a three-year $186 million contract extension. That news breaking courtesy of Woj on ESPN, brought to you by our good friends at Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership, and we are your home at ESPN Madison of trusted breaking news. Big news, Matt Hamilton. Very excited about it, but if you are driving home, Giannis will be a a buck for three additional years, not, I mean, to so
2: he's his current got two contract. So, two more to the current, like this one, next one, and then he tacked on three more?
3: I believe it's, yeah.
4: It's it's, like it's He four. has a player option that'll come up in 27 28. So, it's through the twenty eight season, this current contract.
3: Oh, so, for wow. the next
4: five.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, That's Giannis awesome. is here for his prime now, and now they have Dame as well. So, the Bucks are in it, they're all in it. And I am excited, Matt Hamilton. That music means we had to go, but Giannis, Buck, Buck for life? Yeah, that is.
2: Yeah, honestly it's just the news I needed right now. Oh my
3: God. Giannis, that's <laughs> Hey, you know what? The Packers crapped the bed, and the Bucks lifted them out. Look, the Bucks are the team that wins in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank goodness for the Bucks. And their star player delivers over and over again and doesn't complain about it and believes in science. This is Roger Hamilton. said course, like.